Hey there! Welcome to Sky Gems Academy podcast. At Sky Gems Academy, our vision is to build a community of new generation leaders with strong core values, high level of self awareness, high self worth, and passionate individuals who will give back to the community and the environment. We are focused on delivering high quality blended online learning of 21st century life skills delivered and taught online, practiced and perfected offline. Our philosophy is to inspire, educate and nurture. We work towards inspiring and igniting sparks. We listen, we coach, we fine-tune and accelerate the mastery of 21st century life skills for various age groups. Our blended learning programs are curated from the early years to above 60 years old as we believe in providing high-quality, lifelong learning for everyone. SkyGems Academy Podcast Series 1 How COVID-19 Transformed the Education Industry We will take you inside the minds and behind the scenes of 40 exclusive leaders and educators in the education industry. We've interviewed 40 exclusive educators and leaders in the education industry worldwide, starting with China where the pandemic initially started. You will hear from the leaders in the education industry sharing candidly their views on the possible changes that will take place in the education industry post-COVID-19. Be sure to tune in to SkyGems Academy Podcast Series 1 to listen and learn from the amazing stories, experiences shared, challenges faced, and techniques used by educators in different cities and countries to adapt and overcome their challenges personally as well as professionally in their respective roles in the education industry during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, let's dive into SkyGems Academy Podcast Series 1. Introducing to you our host, Alyssa. Hey guys, it's Alyssa. Hope everyone is keeping well. SkyGems Academy Podcast is a passion project that my team and I kicked off in early 2020. As we are all facing the unprecedented events and experiences impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, we find that there is an urgent need to unite the global community of educators and leaders to progress forward together. Our main objective is to create a platform for all global leaders and global communities to come together to document these historic moments for our future generations. SkyGems Academy podcast is a platform for everyone from all around the world to share, listen, learn, communicate, collaborate, and come together to network and help one another to pull through this very challenging period that has impacted the global community. In each episode of SkyGems Academy podcast series one, how COVID-19 transformed the education industry, you will find yourself immersed and engaged in in-depth discussions and thought leadership in various aspects of education, technology, humanity, diversity, disparity, and collaborations in the education space. We are very grateful and sincerely appreciate each and every one of you who has motivated us, encouraged us, contributed in your own very special ways 
especially our 40 exclusive guest speakers from all around the world. A big thank you to all and a big shout out to all of you. Sky Gems Academy podcast 22nd speaker is Damien Rental, Hiroshima International School Japan principal and author of Conversations for a Global Child. Damien has been supporting families with the education of their children across four countries for over 20 years. Damien has a PhD in education and an interest in the way everyday conversations affect our sense of identity. Originally from Australia, Damon enjoys reading in quiet time and surfing whenever he gets the chance. Damon is an author and a special shout out to Damon's website at www.damonrental.com. The connection between the school and the others as a support network has significantly changed. It is really important to have collective resilience, said Damon Rental. Now, I am pleased to introduce you to Damien Rental. Today, in the very early morning in Singapore and Japan, we have a very special guest joining us all the way from Hiroshima, Japan. A very good morning to you, Damien. A very warm welcome to Skyjam Podcast. Hi, Damien. How are you doing today? Oh, very well, thank you. Thanks for arranging the podcast. Thank you, Damien. Really nice to have you all the way from Hiroshima, Japan. I'd like to hand over to you to give you the floor for you to introduce yourself to the listeners today. Over to you, Damien. Yes, I'm Damien Rental. I'm the principal of Hiroshima International School, which is one of approximately 28 international schools in Japan. So we're down in Hiroshima, if you've ever been down here. Kind of a famous landmark in Japan for many reasons. And currently, the situation, because we're going to be talking a little bit about the COVID, is relatively calm at the moment. Welcome, Damien, to the show. Thank you for your introduction. And um, you just nicely said about the uh, situation that we are all in right now during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm glad to hear things are calming down in Japan or Hiroshima, Japan specifically. Um, not so much in some parts of the world. So I'm glad to hear that. I'd like to ask for your view, Damien, and also how do you feel about the COVID-19 pandemic that has really rocked the world since January and actually caused a lot of chaos around the world? What are your thoughts on that? Yes, so it was a, um, a great question, actually. I know you shared this yeah. with me earlier. So, yeah. and uh, how do I feel? So interesting um, in terms of uh, introspection, having been dealing with this for months and months, I don't know if I had stopped to think about how I actually felt about the whole situation. So uh, I, I guess to sum it up at this stage, and of course now, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Hiroshima is relatively calm. We have students have kind of starting back at school now. And I would say that I was feeling, you know, relatively hopeful mm-hmm. in our I guess, collective resilience as a, I guess, as a society uh, around the world. Uh, lots of things have been happening that I never thought would have been possible or never would have considered, like, for example, the closure of schools across Japan and closure of flights, etc. So I guess I'm hopeful in the sense that in a kind of a global effort, we've been able to kind of orchestrate some you know, kind of pretty widespread responses to this. But on the other hand, of course, feeling a little bit anxious that we, um, I guess, maybe as a society relying on our ability to kind of problem solve these 
issues as they come up rather than you know having a look at some of the the key kind of sources to the problems etc but anyway i've been overall hopeful that we in our our resilience particularly you know looking at education across the world and how uh, schools have adapted to really different conditions that we wouldn't have even thought possible in in december that is true i think overall the agility and adaptability of our human race has actually credibly shown throughout the pandemic how we all collectively stand united and stay united and resilient to actually go beyond what we normally do to actually adapt and also fight throughout this pandemic to stay alive and also stay ahead of the curve. So I think that is uh, remarkable what we have done as a collective uh, community. Yes. Uh, and like you said before, uh, some, some places have been a little bit more kind of cohesive than others in their response. Yeah. So um, I think yeah, we could probably learn from that as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts and your feelings about the pandemic so far, Damien. That actually brings me to the next question where I thought going through what you have gone through, there are bound to be challenges that you have faced. Would you be able to share with us some of the challenges that you have faced during this period? Yes, I think, um, I guess as a school principal, the, the main uh, challenge uh, has been um, uh, that decision making, uh, I guess, with um, trying to filter information. And I think probably an indication of where we are as a society at the moment, anyway, particularly with our social media and access to like large amounts of information, but also large amounts of um, information of dubious origin. And um, I think, you know, people being kind of overwhelmed with information without being able, I guess, having the time to, you know, evaluate it properly, which comes kind of back to, I guess, what we do in schools and trying to develop critical literacy, etc. So uh, I think that's, and that's, you know, for our students. So I I guess for myself and the the group of heads of school, actually, across Japan, we've been meeting uh, via Zoom uh, weekly, actually talking about the, um, our responses and what each school's doing. So, um, that's, uh, I guess, filtering that information, that huge amount of information that's coming in and then trying to um, react to that in a, in a rational way rather than kind of an emotional way. I guess one of the biggest challenges because of the huge onslaught of information and it's all very emotionally charged, particularly with the, you know, a virus like this where you're talking about people, um, their children, adults, um, you know, potentially dying. So it's, uh, you know, the stakes are very high and the information very disparate and uh, difficult to wade through, I guess, and make good decisions. So, so I think that would have been the biggest challenge, a more information-based, and I think it will be the same in other, you know, situations we face in the future. Yeah, it is true. I mean, so much information and really overwhelming sometimes. How do you then adapt to those challenges that you come across and how do you overcome them? Yeah, I think in this particular case and probably the, you know, in terms of the change that has adapted, I guess the, the degree of collaboration between international schools in, in Japan has um, was one kind of big change that happened. Like I said, we're the heads of school, there's 28 schools, so we've been you see, uh, uh, maybe over 20 of the heads of school uh, of the international schools have been meeting uh, weekly. Everyone has kind of different sources of information, and we uh, have been trying to generate some coherence with our uh, responses. You know, we all operate mm-hmm. independently, but uh, knowing what everyone else is doing has been a good way to, um, I guess, stabilize some of our, our reactions, particularly with potential school closures and uh, opening procedures, etc. Mm. So I guess within, particularly in Hiroshima International School, um, you know, we're the, one of the um, two non-schools that run the Japanese national curriculum. Um, so we're kind of uh, a little bit isolated in, in that sense. So I guess uh, with the wider support needed from the, the group was a big change that happened, I guess, 
the connection between this school and the others in, as a support network was a, a significant change, I think, and uh, really important. And it kind of just goes to show um, that initial, what I said, in feeling hopeful about collective resilience, I think a lot of you know, people have been working together uh, in ways that they haven't been before just because of the need. So, yeah, that, that's been a really positive change. And one I think that's going to um, probably continue or change the way that we operate into the future. Yeah, I think uh, that's just going to grow into a bigger collaboration within team members, within community, and also ideally across the globe too. So I think the mindset has shifted and the way we work has also changed. So I think people are more open-minded and um, willing to do that, right? And I think um, more so than previously. And also I find the proactiveness in engaging people across different culture, different community just to achieve positive progress as a whole. I think that is what I see going on around the world lately. So, and I'm very pleased to say that. Yes, definitely. That's fantastic. Thank you, Damien, for sharing. Damien, you shared about the uh, challenges faced, the changes and how you adapt to them and how you overcome those challenges. What about lessons learned? Would you be able to share any lessons that you have learned so far? Yeah, I, it seems like there's uh, some kind of really old lessons that we're kind of learning anew. And uh, I just mentioned that the importance of kind of collaboration, but also, you know, kind of different administration teams. And um, for example, for parents who, who have had to take a, a much um, more central role in the education of their children, um, you know, with distance learning um, and have done that really well, actually. And uh, so I think the um, kind of a, a lessons learned, I think it's reinforced the fact that, you know, we're all learners, you know, what we do at school, you know, we, we talk about, you know, students at school with their learning, but you know, all of us are on this continual learning journey. Yeah, my, my school's an uh, international baccalaureate school. We have uh, that kind of IB programs. And I guess yeah. one of the central kind of tenets of the model is that that process is really important and, that, you know, the mm. type of learners that are being developed uh, is really important. So I guess the lesson, and I said before, it was kind of an old one, that the type of learner that we're trying to develop in those students is, is just as important as, you know, for the um, teachers, the uh, administration staff, uh, you know, the parents, you know, we're trying to be um, uh, caring learners, you know, looking after each other, I guess, in, in times like this, yeah. trying to be kind of critical thinkers. And so all of those, um, all of those skills that the students are, are developing also, it's kind of highlighted the need for, you know, us, the ad adults involved in that to also, you know, really keep an open mind and make sure that we're, you know, developing those skills as well. And I think particularly the um, thinking skills associated with critical literacy, um, you know, I, I think sometimes as adults, we, um, you know, if we're focusing on content, we can forget that those um, you know, critical literacy skills are so important, trying to decipher and uh, evaluate all that information we're inundated with. So that's, uh, I guess, the big lesson learned is that, you know, we need to um, continue to learn as individuals. Now, our schools continue, need to be learning organisations. And I think if you it kind of expanded that in, into society, uh, mm. you know, we really do need to learn kind of from this uh, and, and take those lessons with us. So, um, you know, if a school can be a learning organisation, you know, I think, the, you know, wider society uh, also can operate in that way. But definitely keep learning, I think, and um, definitely don't forget the lessons from this catastrophe, which is still ongoing, of course, um, you know, particularly uh, with other, you know, thing, environmental things, etc., happening around the world. And, you know, we've had some recent uh, serious kind of flooding and landslides and, uh, you yeah. know, weather-related issues uh, that have be, seemed to be becoming more and more serious. So there's disasters that we're having to deal with probably not going to get any better in the near future, I guess. 
It is, isn't it? I think what you said all, you know, hit it on the nail. But what I um, appreciate most is the lifelong learning journey that we all have to go through. And every single crisis that we go through or pandemic that we go through or every challenges that we go through, I think the key takeaway from each of that is the lessons learned and remember them. And that will shape you as a person moving forward. So yeah, yeah. very well said there. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Damien, we are all in the education industry and we find that with the COVID-19 that hit us all so suddenly, there's a big shift and knee-jerk reaction that we have to take to cope and adapt during this pandemic. What are the changes that was happening within your organization during the COVID-19 and how did it change the way you guys work? At the same time, what do you think the future may be for the education industry post-COVID-19? Yes, that, uh, that is a really good one because um, particularly schools and education systems are, I think, historically very resistant to change, right? So how will we bounce back from this and will things go back to the, yeah, the like historical norm in, in many, many schools? So I, I guess in, in one way, um, and looking at the Japanese example, the Japanese public schools, for example, were very, I guess, unprepared for any sort of virtual interactions. You know, there very little, little technology was used in schools, etc. You know, schools didn't have, their students didn't have email addresses. Um, there was lots of, um, so I think in Japan, as just as an example, there has been a big focus on uh, improving that. Of course, short term, it's quite difficult, but I think yeah. that this particular case will really focus them on moving forward in terms of kind of an online presence for the students. Um, I think the international schools in Japan were um, generally more used to using kind of technology. Mm-hmm. But I think... Yeah. In that scenario, with schools that had already been using quite a bit of technology, the, the idea of a kind of blended models where, um, you know, I think we, we all had a, with a long stint of, um, you know, virtual classrooms and one, realising that we could do it and realising that it worked, but also having a really good insight into the limitations to, you know, like a, a full virtual um, setting. So uh, I think my prediction would be that if schools will be much more um, prepared to look at semi, you know, kind of blended models of some things that you can do virtually and some things that you need to do face to face. So um, I think that will probably creep more and more into classes with, um, you know, being able to have more flexible offerings for students into the future, I think, where, yeah, some, some things they can do or, you know, parts of courses virtually and others to be here. And probably workspaces as well. I think that'll be reflected within schools as, as well as workplaces. And definitely in the Japanese context, um, you know, I'm not quite sure about other, other places, but that will be a big shift. Uh, you know, recruiting also, I think there has been a lot of kind of recruitment fairs, et cetera, in the international school market. Um, yeah. I think the international recruiting will be uh, much more heavily uh, virtual, I think, in, in in the future and more accepting of that and and i think students have really even you know if we have our my school we have three-year-olds through to the grade 12 so, so you know pre-k 12 schools so we have our um you know three-year-olds doing their um you know kind of p lessons uh, online and things like that so normally under normal circumstances they wouldn't really have been having those experiences for quite some years and never to that degree so i think yeah a lot of that type of virtual presence uh, and like for you know for students who are away from school for a day or something yeah. you know, being able to um, kind of zoom in will change the shape of you know I, I guess practice for a while so that's the main thing but um, the other part I guess is a little bit of anxiety I'm, I'm not quite sure how long that is going to take to you know kind of collective anxiety about things in general actually and the effect of you know, the social media etc on students mental health and everyone's mental health actually so I'm hoping that will ease 
but I, you know, I suspect the collective sense of anxiety, I guess, will linger with us for some time. I think that is a topic that has been brought up, but actually not really been proactively discussed and also reviewed how to support the mental well-being for everyone, isn't it? And it is true from all ages, right? The young, the students, the working class, the uh, older generations, everyone is affected because of this pandemic. And also at different stages of the uh, pandemic, right? And there are different anxiety. So I yes. think this this actually just going to build up and... Over time, it may be uh, an issue that we all have to address. But as of now, I think the key is, as you say correctly, have empathy. I think you talk about caring lessons, right? Being caring for each other. And I think the empathy and the compassion, and by just being there and listening and you know, helping, that will actually help all of us to pull through this spirit together and emerge strongly. But yeah, do take note of the mental health portion that we have to address, whether it's small or yeah, whichever status they're in. I think it's important that we are aware and be ready to support one another as we progress. Yes, definitely. Thank you for sharing that. That is really very insightful. I mean, we talk a lot about yeah, technology, blended learning. I think that is uh, definitely a good way, mix of both, because at the end, I think we do need human touch as human beings, right? And everything online may not fulfill that need to engage and also be able to teach and uh, support or guide the students more effectively. I think we talk about effectiveness of that programs that we put in. So I think blended learning, yeah, for sure. Uh, recruitment, for sure. I think technology will play a huge part. And I think collective anxiety, as you say, all currently, this is an area we all have to watch out for. But thank you for sharing that, Damien. Uh, Damien, going through all that you've just gone through, and I think those are really very insightful and a lot of experiences there. What would your new normal be, Damon? Is there a new normal for yourself? I guess um, yeah, from a principal's perspective, so I guess one of my worries um, is, like I said before, you know, and school systems have been kind of reluctant to, to change over the years or a little bit uh, impervious to change sometimes. Uh, so I'm hoping that some of our procedures... Um, will help us, we can hang on to them. Uh, like, for example, the uh, the collaboration between the, it's called the Jacobs Japan Council of International Schools, actually, um, group of heads of school. We've been meeting weekly via Zoom. So that, that type of, uh, you know, uh, nationwide collaboration of kind of a, a like cluster of schools, I think, uh, although I shouldn't use the word cluster, actually, somebody told me. So a like group of schools uh, would be, you know, really great to become the new normal. Uh, even though we we had sporadic, uh, you know, we have annual meetings, etc. So that ongoing support of each other and really kind of getting to know each other better uh, and quite effectively actually through Zoom. You know, I, I would like to carry on as a new normal in terms of me being an international school principal. With uh, parents, um, I think hopefully the new normal is, um, you know, judging by, you know, many comments where parents, um, you know, they did say it was kind of tough to have their, um, you know, children at home for um, you know, such a long time. And also they were balancing work as well. So yeah. one of the comments that came through fairly consistently was, that you know, the parents found they were having a much better understanding of not only what the students were learning, but um, how they were learning. And even though it was an online process, um, you know, they, they were getting a better sense of, uh, I guess, the things that are important in the kind of teaching and learning environment that are, you know, we try to foster at school. So I think that new normal, having you know, parents maybe understanding what you know the learning environment of their children better that would be a really positive outcome in this 
you know, quite a disastrous kind of situation. But, you know, if we could carry that through to, to one of the new normals, that would be um, really great. Uh, like I mentioned before, I think the, um, yeah. that heightened sense of um, or levels of anxiety, I, mm-hmm. I think will be normal for a while, unless, um, you know, we can go through a relatively long period without any more disasters. But, um, you know, even with the kind of the, the Black Lives Matters movement at the moment and, and yeah. the, um, there'll be some sort of environmental disaster. So, so uh, the other movements that, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be done in the world, I guess. And, you know, those movements are really positive in creating social change. But I think the, um, as we've seen, the, uh, particularly with social media, I think we'll continue to be bombarded with, uh, you know, really important messages, but also messages that, you know, create heightened levels of anxiety. So I, I think the issue for us at schools, I guess, would be preparing students to be able to cope with that sort of information overload, I guess, in, in, a, in a way that's not going to uh, adversely affect their, their mental health. You know? um, they're all, all really important issues and schools, I think, have a role in helping, you know, children develop the skills necessary to not be kind of overwhelmed and have those, have that kind of bombardment affecting them too too badly um, because I think the horse has bolted its in terms of um, you know the way that communication mm-hmm. is kind of happening but definitely um, schools have a role in, in helping us prepare ourselves for this new way of communicating that can be a little bit relentless and um, can affect uh, you know our health because it's so all-consuming I guess particularly now that many students are carrying devices are pretty constantly during during the day and night so that again is um, I, I think there's hopefully the new normal would be you know, schools having a, a more concerted effort to help students deal with that type of um, information overload. Yeah, definitely information overload, especially now over every form of media <laughs> that we see, right? Even uh, the traditional ones, you take up a piece of newspaper, that's it, first piece on the news are all uh, being provided by yeah, all these news that we see day in, day out. So yeah, overwhelming of information, overload of information. How do we sift them through? How do we cope with them? I think those are all part of agility of the mindset that we talked about earlier, the growth mindset. How do we instill that in the students to be able to look things positively and move forward and uh, be able to cope with all these uh, unforeseen circumstances or changes that may take place over time? Well, thank you for yes. sharing your new normal. I think that is a really very insightful and very deep into uh, those thought process you have. Thank you, Damien. Oh, Damon, the um, future generations will definitely benefit from this and I would love to ask you what would your messages be for the future generations? I spoke before about profile of a caring learner so I guess you know, my, I'd have two messages um, one you know, look after each other and the other one would be you know look after the planet and also over time I think uh, you know coming to realize that those two things are in fact you know, the same thing which uh, would be my um, kind of short version of, of the message and you know with, with that in mind uh, I think for parents uh, you know will schools have children for you know a part of a day but yeah. you know the, the real kind of foundations of the way they they come to know the world and the way that they build their um, kind of in- integrity is through conversations with the, the parents so I would say my advice for future generations um, is for parents just to use those opportunities, you know, these opportunities kind of like COVID, I like the, uh, you know, really serious, uh, you know, social issues um, with the, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement at the moment and also um, kind of environmental issues that we had seen with the um, Greta Thunberg and um, even before that, um, Malala with like gender inequality. So all of those like super important issues that need our attention and need, you know, it's, uh, us to kind of think and act really differently in a kind of collective sense. So I think all of those things that have potential to kind of cause us anxiety and cause us to kind of feel overwhelmed, 
but having those conversations with children about those in a way that kind of models the thinking that we that our children are going to need in, in the future you know uh, modeling actually listening to someone and uh, modeling uh, you know considering other people's perspectives etc uh, modeling you know gathering and evaluating some information and, and that can all happen you know in the home with those conversations you know and i think particularly now with people more and more distracted by kind of social media you know, sometimes those time for those conversations between you know, the parents and the children are kind of becoming um, kind of more and more difficult to carve out of busy days. So that would be kind of my advice, um, you know, with the, you know, the big ideas about, you know, how, how do we look after each other and how do we look after the planet? Those two things being, you know, inextricably linked, really. And just for parents to, you know, think about how they want their child to think and you know, have conversations with them that model that would probably be my advice. And that would help us out a lot at school too, because we're trying to do it, yeah. you know, at least our version of this, but the, um, you know, we, we don't sit down with the child at the dinner table each night or, you know, we don't go for a walk with the dog or whatever mm. um, you know, times that you can carve out. So those times are so important uh, and much more important than any, anything that comes up with us in our, our day-to-day working lives, I, I believe. So that would be my message. Well, thank you, Damien. I mean, that is so well said and well summarized concisely. I think you talk about looking after one another, looking after the planet is actually the same thing. At the end of the day, you're right. I mean, we are here as a community. We are all living on the planet Earth. So let's do whatever we can to help one another and uh, save the planet at the same time. So in a nutshell. And I think what you said about parents' involvement and also, of course, uh, hand-in-hand with the schools and teachers while they're at school, like what we say, charity begins at home. I think what you're <laughs> alluding to is that education begins at home. And this crisis that uh, we're all going through put us in a situation where we are spending more time at home, less distraction in a sense. There's not much traveling needed and uh, literally at home 24 by 7. Yeah, spend that time to really cultivate that learning and also all these core values like integrity you mentioned about gender equality or inclusion and diversity. So I think those are really uh, gold that we have to inculcate and values that we inculcate in the child or in our children as they're growing up. Well, thank you, Damien, for sharing very insightful information, your word of wisdom, your experiences and your vision as the education industry continues to shape and also transform itself. Damien, once again, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate well, thank you, your, your sharing and really a privilege having you in a SkyGem podcast episode. Thank you, Damien. And thank you for being a great host. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed today's episode at Sky Gems Academy Podcast Series 1 on the topic of how COVID-19 transformed the education industry. If you enjoyed today's episode and you love the vision and mission of Sky Gems Academy, can you please help us to convince others to tune in to Sky Gems Academy Podcast 2? Please kindly subscribe to Sky Gems Academy Podcast. Please also kindly leave a quick review and rate Sky Gems Academy Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Breaker, and various Sky Gems Academy's podcast channels. That would mean the world to us, so thank you so much for your support. Visit our website at www.skygemsacademy.com to find out more about our distinguished speakers and about Sky Gems Academy. We appreciate you and your continuous support. 
Thank you for tuning in to Sky Gems Academy podcast. High five and peace out.